welcome back to the big program. 9.03 in Edmonton. Let's talk a little NFL. Now, last night uh, in the NFL, what a wild one. Uh, Vegas 63-21 over the L.A. Chargers. First time since 1934 a team scored over 60 points after being shut out the week before. And the last time it happened was 1934. Uh when it was the Cincinnati Reds. They weren't even the Bengals. It was the Reds. The Eagles beat them uh, in 1934. Uh, let's welcome in uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press. Covers the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags home to the Ravens on Sunday night. Uh, welcome to Sports 1440. Mark, you're on the air with Kevin Carius. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So, Mark, how do you set this one up? I mean, Baltimore comes in 10-3. and three. I think everyone considers them the, the, you know, the top team in the AFC, but Jacksonville, just a couple of wins back. Uh, just your general take on Sunday night's game. Yeah, it's uh, Jags have almost entered desperation mode. Maybe not quite yet, but when they've lost two in a row to the NFC North in Cincinnati and Cleveland, now, all of a sudden, they've lost whatever cushion they had in the AFC South. Uh, another loss here, you, you know, you would think that somebody else will win and, and pull even with the Jags if they don't win this one. So there's that. And the Ravens are, you know, cruising pretty well here. They've won, I think, three in a row and seven of eight. Uh, so to, to take over that top spot, to kind of knock the Chiefs off for the top spot in the AFC, so they are. They are absolutely rolling, and they're doing it despite injuries. I mean, you look at this team lost J.K. Dobbins in week one, mm-hmm. just, you know, roll in some other running backs, and they lead the NFL in rushing. They lose tight end Mark Andrews three weeks ago, two weeks ago. They plug in Isaiah Likely, and they just keep rolling. So it, it really is a, a, a complete team, both sides of the ball, top five in offense, top five in defense, and – Deep team because you've lo- you've lost two of your offensive starters, maybe even a star, and certainly a star in Mark Andrews, and you know it, it. You haven't missed a beat. The Jags, on the other hand, they lost Christian Kirk two weeks ago, and they're zero and two without him, and and almost look lost offensively at times. Hmm. So big difference between these two teams for sure. Ravens look like on paper this should be their 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 game. That's why they're three and a half point favorites. But you never know. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen in the NFL, and certainly desperate teams tend to, you know, desperate good teams tend to play well, and that's what the Jags are right now. Jags reporter with the AP, Mark Long, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. You were speaking the health of uh, some of the Ravens players. Uh, how would you assess quarterback Trevor Lawrence right now after he went down with that ankle injury? It really looked quite bad, uh, but then he was back, you know, to play last week. Uh, how would you say the, his health is? Yeah, much better. He's uh, he, was, he progressed all of last week. When he, go, he went down in the fourth quarter of the Monday night game against Cincinnati, and it didn't look good at all. You know, had to be helped off the field, helped the locker room, didn't practice on Wednesday, and then all of a sudden it just got a lot better. And, you know, he looked pretty normal against Cleveland. He was running the ball fairly well, very mobile in the pocket. There weren't a lot of limitations on him. Uh, you know, so that so that's positive for sure for Trevor Lawrence. And when you look around the league – the Jags feel like they completely dodged one, right? Because, you know, you look around the league and it's like team after team after team, including Cincinnati and Cleveland, the two teams they lost to last week are, are with, with backup quarterbacks. 
Justin Herbert last night. You saw what happened without him to the L.A. Chargers with a backup quarterback, the Raiders. Out of, you know, it's just team after team is onto its backup quarterback. So the Jags felt like, feel really lucky that Trevor has gone down twice this season, a knee injury in week six, and then I believe it was week six, and then this one two weeks ago, the ankle injury, and he's bounced back after both and played the very next week. Our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440, is uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press, uh, covers the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. Uh, with the injuries that they have had at receiver, most notably uh, Christian Kirk, uh, what have you thought of the play of uh, the rookie Parker Washington as a fill-in uh, at wideout? Yeah, he's been pretty good. He, you know, he's got a touchdown catch the last two weeks, made a really nice bobbling catch in the end zone against Cincinnati, and then last week got open late for a touchdown. But he's also, you know, there's growing pains, right? You can see some of the rookie mistakes. He muffed a punt against the Bengals. He had a fumble last week that was crucial in the third quarter that turned a seven-point game into a 14-point game. He also ran the wrong route on the play that got Trevor Lawrence injured against the, the Bengals. So, you know, had he been had he run the right route, looked when he was supposed to look, the ball would have been out of Trevor's hands and he probably wouldn't have gotten stepped on. He would have been able to move out of the pocket there. So, you know, it's been some good and some bad with Parker Washington, but that's what you expect, right? This is not a top ten draft pick. He's a sixth round draft pick. They they thought they got something good. He looked really good in camp, then got hurt, worked his way back. Now he's forced in the mix with Christian Kirk being out. And, uh, you know, it, again, it's been good, but it's been a little bit of a mix as well. Hey, Mark, what about Evan Ingram at tight end? I mean, the last two weeks, this guy has been totally unconscious. He's been the number one target for uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's just been sensational. What What is it about Ingram that has – you know, just really peaked at this time of the year. Well, I do think it's part of it is Ingram's kind of stepped up. And he's really, he's already, he broke his own record already. He set the record last year for most receptions by a tight end. He already broke that this year with four games to go. So it's not like he hasn't been a big part of the offense. He has been. He hasn't been getting in the end zone. So now that changed the last two weeks. He has, I think he has 20 catches for 177 yards and three touchdowns the last two weeks, both losses, but clearly he's become the go-to guy with Christian Kirk out. He's clearly become Trevor Lawrence's top target down in the red zone, around the end zone scoring area. Uh, so I don't know that it's anything he's done other than Christian, or I mean Trevor Lawrence has fewer options right now with Christian, Lurk, with Christian Kirk down. Fewer options. I mentioned some of the issues. They've had a lot of issues in two weeks with Trevor Lawrence getting on the same page with his receivers, most notably Parker Washington at times and Calvin Ridley. So the other guy in there, Zay Jones, has been hobbled by a knee injury all year, looks pretty slow, a step slow. So really his one healthy, most dependable receiver, the guy he's got the most experience with right now, is tight end Evan Ingram. So I think that's what you're starting to see blossom and flourish here down the stretch. Mark Long with us on Sports 1440. Defensively for the Jaguars, how do you game plan for Lamar Jackson? I mean, so many teams 
come in and they go, well, we're trying to do this, try to do that. And then it just backfires. And, you know, if the pass is there, then all of a sudden he takes the run. But, you know, if they take away the run, he's still got a gun. So, I mean, what, what would be the, the game plan for the for the Jags uh, on Sunday night? Yeah, he's, he's single-handedly, and it's not even without question, the, the hardest guy in the league to prepare for. Even more so than Patrick Mahomes because he's just he's faster, more elusive, better runner. He's the best running quarterback in the NFL, and that's saying something because Hertz and and uh, is is real. Hertz is really good. Kyler Murray's really good. Patrick Mahomes is really good. This guy's at a different level, uh, you know. So hard to tackle, elusive. You can mush rush, you know, rush kind of half rush with your head up, waiting for him to make a cut, and then jump off your blocker and try to tackle him. That's great. It's a, in theory, it sounds good, but it doesn't really work that well. And as you mentioned before, if you think you're going to try to just keep him in the pocket and make him a passer, he's now developed to the point where he throws a really good deep ball. He throws a really good crossing pattern to the tight ends. He can read defenses. This is not rookie Lamar Jackson or second-year Lamar Jackson or college Lamar Jackson where he had holes in his game. He doesn't have any holes anymore. Uh, so it, he's unbelievably – I think he's unbelievably hard and difficult, and I think he's the front-runner for the MVP right now, I would think. Certainly, you know, the best the AFC has. And he, he the Jags are going to have their hands full. They beat him last year, which I don't even know if that – I would probably say that at uh, works against them. They beat him here in Jacksonville. I would think that Lamar's going to come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and go, okay, that's a place I need to go win. That's a team that beat me last year. That's, you know, that's, this is where it starts. They can clinch a playoff spot with a win and some other things happening Sunday night. So they'll have plenty of motivation to come into Jacksonville and play well. They want to get the first, the number one seed. They can't do that this week, but they certainly can move a step closer to that by knocking off the Jags and handing them a third straight loss. And, you know, for the Jags, I think two weeks ago you would have said, you know, they got this division, the AFC uh, South, pretty well locked up. I think people kind of thought that. But now with two losses, can they hear Indy and and Houston on their tail here? Absolutely. Uh, I think what helps is that they're – Four and one in the division. They swept Indy, they split with Houston, and they they're one and zero against Tennessee. So they're four and one in the division with one game to play. They finished the season in Nashville against the Titans, so that helps. And when you look at Indy, I think Indy might actually be the flip of that. They might be one and four or zero and four in the division. It's not it hasn't been good. Houston's got a few losses in the division, so it's so yes, they're nipping on them, but they still feel pretty comfortable. They look at it and they go, okay, those teams aren't going to win out. I think the Jags would even say that if they go 2-2 two and two in these final four games, they feel pretty confident that they'll still win the division and host a playoff game. Anything less than that, and boy, is it up for grabs. Because then, you know, even if, if they go 1-3, and three, one of those other teams could go 3-1, and one, and then all of a sudden they're behind, and their division record and their head-to-head wins won't matter. So that's really what they got to avoid. They got to avoid the total collapse down the stretch here. And it does get a little bit easier. They've had a, a pretty tough stretch. Baltimore, then they go, they play Tampa Bay or yeah, Tampa yep. Bay, Carolina, 
and Tennessee to end the season, you know, they're all winnable games. I can't imagine they could go down the stretch here. I can't, I'd really yeah. be surprised if they went one and three. I think two and two is probably the floor for this team. But again, what we've seen the last two weeks hasn't been good. Hasn't been good enough. They've turned the ball over way too much on offense, and they've allowed a ton of rushing yards against Cincinnati and way too many big plays against Cincinnati and Cleveland. That is not a recipe for success in this league, losing the tournament for battle and giving up rushing yards and giving up big plays. So if they continue to do that, certainly they could lose all three, all four of the, their next games. Uh, and if that's the case, they probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Totally agree with you. Uh, Mark Long uh, covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Associated Press. Uh, defensively, what do you think Baltimore brings that, you know, Jacksonville's going to game plan for? I mean, Rolcon Smith, I would believe, is the heartbeat of uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense, and he's been coming on a little bit of late. What what would they, I guess, game plan be to kind of worry about what Baltimore's going to bring defensively to kind of thwart off what, uh, what uh, the uh, Jags will be bringing offensively? Yeah, well, number one is they've got to be able to protect Trevor Lawrence. The Ravens lead the NFL with 49 sacks. So, you know, through 12 games, that's, that's a pretty good number. So it's, you know, four games. So this is a team that's building early leads and then really being able to pin their ears back and get after quarterbacks in the second half of games. So that's where it starts. Can the Jags, and they've been banged up up front, Sounds like they're going to get Walker Little back, their left tackle. They've got a rookie right tackle, Anton Harrison, who's played pretty well. They have not been good up the middle. Uh, center Luke Fortner is getting pushed around. Brandon Scherf, the veteran right guard, has been pushed around. They've had four different starters at left guard. Uh, so, But they think that Ezra Cleveland's going to solidify things there, the guy they picked up from Minnesota at the trade deadline. So we'll see. The, the line hasn't been together for very long, and even last week they played together for a handful of snaps, or two weeks ago, Cincinnati, they played together for a handful of snaps before Walker Little was injured, and all of a sudden they had to shuffle the line. So it's been shuffled and shuffled and reshuffled and shuffled again. So how will that line hold up against the Baltimore defense that will absolutely get after you in from a pass protection standpoint? That's really the number one matchup here is can the Jags open up holes in the run game and protect Trevor Lawrence enough to get for him to get rid of the ball. Hey, Mark, thanks for your time. Appreciate your insight on uh, Sunday nighter between uh, Jacksonville and what should be, you know, a pretty good game against Baltimore, we're thinking. So uh, thanks for this. Appreciate I, it. I, I think it'll be a, a yeah. decent game for sure. I think so, too. Uh, best of the season to you and yours. Uh, have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You too. Have a good night. That's Mark Long. Associated Press covers the Jacksonville Jaguars. When we come back, we'll have our ski report. Plus, we'll get to all your texts, calling every one of you calling me a bozo for our take on the in and out regarding the Tampa Bay Lightning. Six, sorry, five of them going first ballot. And I was saying first ballot. I, If one of it came across, if there was a part that came across that wasn't a Hall of Famer, I apologize. But the question was first ballot. Am I not correct, Duke? That was the question, but you did say, as uh, the one texture okay. in all caps pointed out, that you said you do not think Nikita Kucherov has secured himself a spot in the Hall of Fame, first ballot or okay. otherwise, uh, as well if as... that came out a little wrong, I apologize, okay? 
I'm sorry, dude. Way, way to do your research, Kev. Well, yeah, where's Bob? <laughs> Can Bob talk about it? I don't know. Check, like, the, check the game notes. Check the game notes. We're back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. Hey, you know, Duke, I was going to ask you when the Christmas uh, songs were going to come in. Who's that? Is that? I have no sniff. That's uh, Brad Paisley. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of. What I like about songs like that one yeah. is that they're not one of the hundred times over reduxed versions. It's, it's that's a, a unique one. Right. I agree with you. And that's a really fun set. It's Feel Good Friday. It's one of my favorites. All Request Friday. If you got a favorite Christmas song or just a song that puts you in a good mood to head into the weekend, feel free to send us a text. one 401 Correct. Thank you, Kevin. And we'll uh, we'll get it on the playlist heading into the uh, the final half of the show here. I don't mind that. And I like Brad Paisley. Oh, salt. Very talented guy. Just perfect. Yeah. Can shred on the guitar. He's, and you know, hey, the commercials with Peyton Manning are good too. Yes, and his uh, his wife, a longtime star of Everybody Loves Raymond. Is it? Is what? Maybe some other sitcom of his, or King of Queens, maybe? What's her name? Do you know? Kimberly Paisley. Oh, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, text coming in at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. All right, first of all, HVAC Nick. Come on, Kevin. Vasilevsky and Hedman for sure are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. Craig and Red Deer. Oh, my God, Kevin. You're losing all credibility with your Hall of Fame take on Kucherov and Vasilevsky. Okay, Montana to Rice. This is, you said, borderline Hall of Famer about Kucherov. Okay, if I misspoke on that, I apologize. I was, we were sort of talking about First ballot Hall of Famers and things maybe were getting close to the uh, uh, end break and maybe I was rushing it a little bit, but I'm saying first ballot Hall of Famers. That was the question. The question was, are you in or are you out? The back-to-back cup champion Lightning rosters had five first ballot Hall of Famers and then the Duke ripped them off. Uh, Braden Point was the fifth one in the Duke's mind. And again, in my mind, there is only one first ballot Hall of Famer right now on this those two teams, on those those two back-to-back cup champion teams, and that is Steven Stamkos. Look at this last class with the three goaltenders, Tom Barrasso. And yeah, okay, let's go you know, cups, yada, yada, yada. Everyone seems to say you don't have to have a Stanley Cup to get into the Hall of Fame. Okay, Tom Barrasso... Mike Vernon, Henrik Lundqvist. Okay. Those guys, it took years for them to get in, for them to be voted in, to get the required votes. The question is, again, first ballot Hall of Famer. Ooh, Kiss an Angel Good Morning by Charlie Pride. Wants, he wants, uh, that comes from Euler L. Is that, you know what? That even classifies as a Christmas song in my mind. It could for sure. Why not? Why not? With half, the, you know what? Another thing we got to talk about Christmas movies one of these days next week. What should classify as a Christmas movie? Like here's here's one, The Green Book. Have you ever seen that movie? It's a kind of a rel- one Academy Awards, The Green Book. Th- like that's a pretty recent one. It's a couple years old. Yeah, uh, with Masahala Ali. Yeah, well, I only know the guy from like the um, the bodyguard that went through the South with the yes, doctor, Doctor Shirley. 
yes, okay. I yeah. think I, we're on the same page. Yeah, here. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen it, but it's it's always grabbed my interest anytime I see an ad for it. Excellent movie. The family say that's not what was portrayed in the movie. Mm. I believe they're not happy with how it was portrayed. But uh, having said that, is that a Christmas movie? Well, I mean, they made it home in time on Christmas Eve, so there was about a, two minutes of Christmas stuff in the movie at the end. I think that the best, the biggest one in, in a conversation like this is Die Hard. <laughs> whether yeah. or not everyone talks that's, about that's that. been a very hot button topic on the Jason Greger show over the years between him and Connor Halley <laughs> with of course our uh, good friend and uh, guest appearance of yesterday's show Jason Strudwick weighing in from time to time <sighs> yeah because he's a big proponent of it isn't he I think so yeah should have asked him about it yesterday <laughs> well, he, he I don't know if he would have uh, entertained it he was too busy uh torching your uh, your uh, <laughs> fence post legs I thought I, my calves are quite well defined well, not enough, not enough uh, juice for for Strutty's liking. He not was enough, just, not enough mass. What does he want? Bulk, bulk or definition? I thought the definitions there exactly. <laughs> Strutty is Strutty, and Strutty didn't say he disagreed, but he was just looking for more bulk, more mass. Well, we're not all like six three, two hundred twenty five pound Adonis's Strutty, right? <laughs> you know, some of us have you know. A few little tweaks of our bodies aren't exactly perfect, big guy. Max says, if it if it uh, just takes two minutes of Christmas stuff in the movie, does that make Castaway a Christmas movie? There's another one. I guess. That's a good point, Mac. Uh, speaking of Christmas and skiing and snow and everything like that, uh, here's the Duke with the Snow Valley Ski Report. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Friday, December 15th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. There is some fresh snow out in the mountains, so skiers and boarders can rejoice heading into the weekend. Marmot Basin receiving five centimeters in the last day and have opened the Canadian Rockies Express, giving access to more of the mid-mountain terrain. Down in Banff, Lake Louise receives 10 centimeters in the last 24 hours, boasting all lifts and 100 runs open not too bad for this time of the year sunshine with 70 centimeters and 71 runs open but goat's eye still remains closed norquay will have all lifts spinning this weekend with five centimeters of fresh snow of their own further south castle mountain all lifts running but terrain still limited up in the high alpine areas across the border west into bc fernie panorama kicking horse and revelstoke all boasting fresh snow and all of them opening more terrain daily with kimberly kicking off its season this weekend locally snow valley rabbit hill sunridge and the edmonton ski club are all pretty well entirely open but still some work left to do on the train parks and features as we await some fresh snow in the capital region if you're willing to make the trip, best conditions you're going to find this weekend likely up in the Pine Pass in northern BC, where Powder King Resort is operating on a 105-centimeter base with skiing and riding on soft-packed powder, expecting more snow all weekend and list the skiing as excellent early season conditions. They only operate Thursday to Sunday right now, but that will go up to daily over the holidays. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Thanks very much, Duke. Tons of texts coming in about... Christmas movies, Christmas things, uh, and songs. Uh, Shank one says, morning, guys. How about Christmas is a Time to Say Love by Billy Squire? I don't know if I've ever heard that one before. We'll see if we have it in the uh, Rolodex. Best Christmas movie, Mel Gibson and Fat Man. Uh, 
The original, we've got a few of these. This one comes from Steve and Dallas the Farmer. The original Rambo had Christmas trees in the police station. Now, that has to be the biggest stretch one. I mean, he comes in there. Man, does he blow up that town. You know where, that was in BC, Hope, BC. That's where it was filmed. You see a few little things in, you know, in the background. I think at the town at the beginning on the bridge, there's a little sign, Welcome to Hope, I believe. Oh, is there? I, I never, I I never so, yeah. caught that one, yeah. but, uh, but I did know that that was a little little fun factoid as well. Uh, Ken, thanks, Ken. Hey, Kevin, I was driving and couldn't text while uh, the in or the out segment was live. 100% agree with you. Only Tampa first ballot Hall of Famer is Stamkos. Personally, I think Kucherov is the most overrated MVP, and I'd argue the Lightning Cup wins should have had asterisks since they were bubbles and not full 82-game seasons. Stamkos is first ballot because he was Tampa's best players before Kucherov. Uh, point, Hedman, to make him good. I got your back. Hey, well, thanks, Ken. It's the Christmas season. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Way in the Grove. If Die Hard is an Xmas movie, so is First Blood. Way in the Grove. Uh, that I I would think even Die Hard takes it to another or sorry First Blood takes it to another level over Die Hard. Jumpin' Jack Flash Christmas songs Feliz Navidad Last Christmas White Christmas we've had all of these on except for Bing Crosby White Christmas I believe. Imitation Tom you don't think Hedman is a first ballot guy Come on man I don't Sorry. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you go on what's been happening with the Hockey Hall of Fame, a first ballot Hall of Famer doesn't happen very often. You have to be so special of a player, person, whatever you want to call it. It's tough to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I didn't understand this one, Duke. Uh, uh, Dominic the Christmas Donkey is a family Christmas favorite, as well as six white boomers. Uh, definitely original Christmas tunes. And then there was another one about some donkeys. And some What was that one? Uh, that, I'm not familiar. Um, I do know six white boomers, um, but I think that that song is a little, uh, not the song itself in poor taste, but the uh, guy who recorded or wrote it um mm-hmm. maybe not uh, not a great guy but uh, i mean it's okay to celebrate the art not the artist sometimes so <laughs> maybe we'll uh we'll put that one in the mix another one that jeff just comes in with eddie murphy's trading places have you seen that one Did no you? oh it is another just rock solid movie so give me i'll give you the premise of this so this was a guy um, eddie murphy's just a guy in the street and he basically trades places it's an experiment by these two wealthy bankers and stock stock uh, market guys and they switch dan Aykroyd and eddie murphy and dan Aykroyd is hilarious he goes to the christmas party dressed in a santa suit and he has he, he's just hammered grabs this big salmon puts it in his santa suit then he's eating this salmon he's got hair in his mouth oh man it was just <laughs> awesome um, Christmas Times Are Coming by Sammy Kershaw, Duke. Do we have that, that one? We got to have that as one. As soon as I saw that one come across the line, I was like, well, we're going to have mm-hmm. to get that in the mix because 
I love me some Sammy Kershaw yes. on, a, on a Friday morning. Uh, what's the the real good song that he sings? And he did he Queen make, of My Double Wide Trailer. Yes, that's an all timer. Um, uh, uh, third rate romance. Third rate that's romance. One of my favorites. That is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got some. I mean, he's yeah. kind of a, a bit of a gospel type guy. Uh, not unlike um, Randy Travis, some more religious based mm-hmm. type songs. But to, like that guy can belt it, man. Holy. <laughs> And I think he did. He marry uh, Laurie Morgan. That sounds right. Because Laurie Morgan was married to Keith Whitley. Yes. And then Keith Whitley, our you know my favorite singer, country singer, uh, passed away many years ago. And I believe Laurie Morgan uh, went on to marry Sammy Kershaw. I think. Oh boy, these are some great great ones coming in. Uh, I can't find that other one about the donkey, but. We'll f- we'll figure that one out. So uh, thanks for all your texts coming in. If you've got something uh, regarding Christmas song, movie, etc., send us a note. It's uh, ten days to Christmas. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit, maybe about a big night in Chicago. A big night in Chicago, Duke. Do you have an idea what it could be? Any idea? Like, is this one of your this day this in is, history type no, it's, things? or It's not this day in history, although this day in history, almost 100 years ago, was the first game ever played at Madison Square Garden. That is a good one. Yes. Uh, but big night in Chicago. Big Ooh. night in Chicago. Are they, are they reti- uh, retiring Chelly's number coming up pretty quick? No, this is a big night in Chicago for one of our favorite new characters how's that sound okay well i can't wait to hear what this is <laughs> if, if you've got me on the hook i can only imagine how the listeners feel <laughs> well it has to do with the it has to do with the monday night football game how's that sound oh, okay all right teaser there there we go uh that's coming up right after the break on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 stay with us it's so solid isn't it you know that you, when you hear the background like the little instruments in the background like the the bluegrassy kind of the twangy part and you just see you see those guys on the stage and they have the breastplates and they got those things and they're it's, you know they're rubbing them and making those sounds and you know and they got the uh, you know the old uh, moonshine bottles yeah. and they're, they're <laughs> blowing you know, it you, know, the old, you just see that uh, oh that's good we've got lots of text coming in thanks for uh, uh, sending all those in so I'm not sure if you are aware Duke what's going on in Chicago tonight um, I wish Gene Principe could be there. I wish Gene, Gene Principe, of course, uh, longtime sportscaster, host of the Oilers, and uh, all around fantastic guy, top of the uh, shelf, salt of the earth. I believe this is where Gene needs to be tonight, uh, possibly a co MC job. Who knows? Maybe an induction. Uh, tonight in Chicago, it's the 44th annual NIA. SHF Gala. Just because we were talking about being a Hall of Fame, being in the Hall of Fame, going in the Hall of Fame with Tampa Bay, I thought we should talk about this. That's a very long acronym. Yes. And I I'll no. be, I don't know okay. what it stands for. It's the 44th annual National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame Gala and induction ceremony. Gene Principe would be an outstanding master of ceremonies for this. But tonight's class of 2023 inductees include, and I'm not sure if they are first ballot, NIASHF gala inductees, but these 
are a couple of the inductees. One of them from hockey circles, I think you might know. And I am assuming you need to be pretty well full-blown Italian to get in here. Uh, Lou Nanny, long-time exec for the Minnesota North Stars and former NHL player. One of the um, uh, humanitarian award is Priscilla Presley. Now, I haven't figured out why she is going in, but for the lifetime achievement, it's Franco Harris, former Pittsburgh Steeler uh, running back. Now, also in the class of 2023 inductees, Sean Stilato, and that's our man, Duke. Now, do you know who Sean is again? Sean Stilato is the agent for one Tommy DeVito. That was the, uh, as soon as you started the Italian thing, uh, my first thing that came to my mind was, is Tommy DeVito getting in? (laughs) No, but it's Sean Stilato. Uh, Sports business, that's what he's classified as going in. So it's an exciting night in Chicago. What a legend. We we only seem to have just stumbled upon his greatness. uh, But he's, he's been at it some time apparently already. Um. He's made a lot of headlines, but for him to be inducted into the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame tonight in Chicago. Very fitting. It is. It's capping off an incredible week <laughs> where Tommy DeVito was the NFC Player of the Week. And uh, Zach Wilson was the AFC Player of the Week. <laughs> We're living in bizarro world. Oh, man. When I saw that this morning, I wasn't. Uh... Oh, just a second. Aaron says Gene Principe isn't American. What? Uh, I think we were kind of having a little fun with this, Aaron, but Gene Principe could go down and be the MC of this, master of puns. I think Gene would do a hell of a job down there in Chicago at the uh, 44th Annual National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. I wonder how they get the funding for that. I have a couple of ideas. I think you might too. Uh, text coming in. To one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. A couple of notes from Major League Baseball as now the dominoes are really, really starting to fall. Uh, we were talked about it yesterday in the sense of Tyler Glasnow being traded to the LA Dodgers pending contract renegotiations. So he's signed a contract with the Dodgers now for five years, hundred and thirty five million. Could get to one forty five. Boy, the rich just keep getting richer. If the Dodgers don't win 115 games and go to the World Series, I mean, what are they missing? They, they, they haven't even talked about a guy like Walker Bueller. If he's healthy, I mean, what do you want for a starting rotation? Holy man, now you got Glasnow who was just throwing bullets at the end of the year last year in Tampa Bay. Uh, Other news around the majors of baseball with signings and things like that. Uh, Michael Walker, Kansas City Royals, looking at a two-year contract. The Royals also have signed Hunter Renfro, I believe. So now the Royals are starting to throw a little cash around. Vegas Raider wide receiver? (laughs) Yeah, well, sometimes Hunter Renfro was batting like the batter, the uh, the receiver for the Vegas Raiders. So uh, Kansas City trying to make a little bit of a splash. They got one of the young best best young players at shortstop and Bobby Wood Jr. And uh, hmm, see what happens. Uh, 
Derek texts in. Sorry, never knew about the singer of Six White Boomer. Sorry to have suggested it. Oh, maybe not. Maybe we're out in left field here. Don't uh, no, don't apologize. Oh. I, and I oh. actually had no, was not aware of it until once again at the Critters last night. It got brought up uh, because uh, it's no longer in the mix of uh, songs that Marty Stevens plays oh. during the uh, games. Once again, kind of a. <laughs> I, I I honestly have not even looked into it. That was just what I was told. Mm-hmm. As recent as Get last you. night. Imitation Tom goes, I have done more research. <laughs> and I think the only first ballot NHL players right now are maybe Crosby and Ovi. You're correct. I was wrong. Well, I th- I still think that, uh, and thanks for that imitation, Tom. I still think that Steven Stamkos is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, when it's all said and done, He'll be over the 600 goal mark. He's got the cups, Rocket Richard, international success. You know, um, I, uh, I I do not agree with imitation Tom. I think there are plenty of uh, first ballot Hall of Famers currently playing in the NHL. Kopitar, Brett just texts in Kopitar. Patrick Kane, ever heard of him? Yep, he'll be first ballot. Uh, I would say that I think Connor McDavid could retire today and be a first ballot Hall do of you? Famer. Yes. Not a chance for me. If he retired today, no way. Why? Bec- the hardware, the numbers, okay. impact on the game. He he has changed. He's the best player to maybe ever put on a pair mm, of hockey okay, skates. Okay, I got to rethink this. Oh, man. How, right ma- now. how many heart trophies does he already have? How many scoring titles? Oh man, that's a tough one. The end, right like, now, it's, it's you know tough. why? Be, okay, let me uh, let me throw this at you, and I I have to figure this out. Was Eric Lindros a first ballot Hall of Famer? Don't I, know on that one. I don't know. Either. Connor McDavid with he's got eight eight hundred ninety points. I get it all. So I and I see it. So he's got all right. Just for hearts, he's got one, two, three hearts. He's got one, two, three, four, five art Ross trophies. That that alone is enough to get you into the Hall of Fame. He's got the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's got the Ted Lindsay Award. One, two, three, four times. Did he? I know because he only played one year or two years of World Juniors. Two one years of World Juniors. Yep. One, he won gold once. Did he not? Yep. To his not. I mean, not his fault. Again, it's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. And so that that matters. It can't play in any Olympics. Unfortunately, they haven't played in in. Uh, you know, world, you know, on the world stage because yeah. of the NHL and IIHF and IOC. Oh, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer right now? If he will retire at the age of twenty six, so that would be my only, the only comparison would be. An imitation. Tom says he was not. Lindros was not. Okay. A, not a first ballot. Spruce Grove, Corey, if Sundin can get in with zero cups, zero individual awards, anyone can. Once again, the times have changed. But it, there's so many players Very out good there. Players. So many players. It Years ago, they would put guys in that weren't would not even be close to going in right now. Go look at the Hall of Fame list. You'll look at guys from the, from the 60s and 70s that got in, and you'll go, oh, wait a second. That's the way it goes. What about the most, like, here's... And this is nothing against, and anytime I, I say anything about this, it's nothing against them as individuals. They're obviously very good players. Yes. But Daniel Alfredson, he won a Calder Trophy. Outside of that, like, what was his highest scoring season? Uh, probably that 06, 07. Sorry, with who was that? Alfredson. Yeah. 
Again. Once again, some quite a bit of international success with Sweden, including the if Olympics, I'm not mistaken, the 06 gold. 06 gold. Yep. So like it's just harder to get in as a first ballot right first, now. First ballot is, is difficult. I'm I'm not trying to uh, undermine that point with any of these ideas, but Oh, imitation Tom, copy and paste the entire list of players that were first ballot. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's not that long. <laughs> it isn't. Wow, thanks for that imitation, Tom. So cool. So 2018, the last time, unless there's something happened in the last couple of years. So Marty Brodeur and Marty St. Louis. Timo Solani, 20, there was no one in 2016. 2015, again, there's a group of guys, but we're talking guys All like time great. Fedorov, Lidstrom, Pronger, Forsberg, Hasek, Madano, Chelios, Niedermeyer. But Matt, Matt Sundin, first ballot Hall of Famer. We just heard, we just got that text about what, like, Never, no cups, no individual awards. Internationally, yes. Individual numbers, yes. But even even that, like, what was Sundin's best season? Have he, to check. He, he didn't score 40 We ever, might have to he? check imitation Tom's uh, research. <laughs> Crack here. research? It's kind of hard to do things on the fly. Normally, at a, at a, there would be about three or four people working on things right now instead of just the two of us, Duke, and working <laughs> the board and seeing what else is going on. Uh, Hall of Fame just isn't the NHL Hall of Fame. That is correct, imitation Tom. Um, KK, this is from B. Connor doesn't have any cups yet, but he already has more hearts, Art Ross, than Sid and Ovi combined. Think Gail Sayers, B. Unquestionably a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's a good argument if he were to retire right now. Right now. Uh, how, about, how about this one for you, uh, Kev, uh, from HVAC? Nick, King Henrik, first ballot. Why would Vasilevsky not be? I don't know. I, like, I, I, of all those ones, and I, I can totally entertain your arguments mm-hmm. on, um, you know, my, my claim being Headman that all and, of them yep. will be first ballot, sure, but I think Vasilevsky is a no-brainer first how come ballot. King Henrik the was the best, best of his generation. How come King Henrik wasn't on imitation Tom's list here? Well, because it only went to 2018, and I was like, I'm pretty sure there's been a few more in the vast number of years. But uh, I appreciate uh, Tom admitting that was a quick Google search. So he, will admit, he will admit. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, we'll put anything on. Just uh, that's the way she goes. But it's hard to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's that's just the way it is. Uh, the list was posted in 2018. So do we was King Henrik a first ballot? Was that for had, sure? had to be because he went in this year and he only yeah. retired a couple seasons ago. So he had to be. Hmm. And here's another thing that people don't uh, take enough into consideration: when you are up for the Hockey Hall of Fame, it depends on how well you are liked by the media, by the fans. If you are not well liked, if you had um, Some strong political ideas, like uh, one player that lives in Calgary or down wherever else. If you didn't get along with the media, if Rus- you were Russian sta- bias, if you were standoffish, that has a massive amount of how. Lindros was on the ballot six times before he made it. <laughs> what is this one? Shovelhead, Glenn Anderson. He should be in. I think he is. All right, uh, when we come back, we've got a fair bit to talk about at the top of the hour. We're going to kind of revisit the Oilers last night, but look forward to the Oilers taking on the uh, 
Florida Panthers uh, tomorrow night at Rogers. It's an 8 o'clock start, the second game of the doubleheader. Um, last night, the Florida Panthers were in Vancouver, lost to uh, the Canucks 4-0. Roberto Luongo went into the ring of honor, and Thatcher Demko came up with a great game uh, to kind of, yeah, this is for you, Bobby Lou, and made 36 saves. So uh, Florida comes in here with a little burr under its saddle. And uh, we'll see what shakes down there. But to break that down, will be David Dwork from the uh, Hockey News. He covers the Florida Panthers. So uh, we'll check in with David at the top of the hour. Then Lenny Andrzejczyk and Curtis Smith, superheroes, and uh, the Edmonton Fire Department with a game uh, tomorrow at the Kinsman uh, Arena. And that'll be our uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day. So looking forward to talking about that. A feel-good story. Kind of to wrap up the weekend. Boy, we're 10 days away from Christmas. Uh, Before all that, time now for a sports 1440 update brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. Their next public timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Uh, Go to info at maauctions.com. Here is the Duke.